Absolutely not. I'm not doing the church or Christmas thing this year. I've been offended like so many times, Mom. So I'm just not doing it. No Christmas this year. I'm sorry. <sighs> yeah, I love you too. Hey, what's up? Who are you and how did you get into my house? I'm the ghost of Christmas past, as indicated by my shirt and my hat. And as for how I got into your house, see, you're a Gen Z, which means you're more focused typically on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, rather than locking your own door. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Uh, in all seriousness, I climbed through your window. What do you want? See, I'm here because you have a really negative view about Christmas. A negative view? Christmas is cold, it's lame, it's depressing. There's too many stockings, gingerbread men, Christmas carolers, and eggnog. You know, you really sound like a Scrooge. Do not. Do too. Do not. Do too. Do not. Do too. Do not. Do too. Bah humbug! See what I mean? It just feels like every Christmas I'm alone, and it's just not a great time for me. Well, have you considered going to church this Christmas season? Well, I mean, like when I was younger, we would go to church, but I eventually stopped going because the pastor started wearing jeans. Are you serious? No, I'm not serious. Jeans? Really? No. The real reason I don't enjoy going to church and haven't gone for a long time is because I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, and I've been offended by a lot of people. I've offended a lot of people, too. And... I'm just scared that I wouldn't be accepted at the church this Christmas season. Well, I am so sorry about all of the hurt that you've experienced in your past. That doesn't sound fun, it doesn't sound pleasant, but just know that the hurts of your past don't have to be the hurts that you experience today. It doesn't have to continue and it doesn't have to exist right now. See, the good news is, I know that there's this church, downtown Muncie, called The Jar, and they accept people for who they are, not who they have to be. And the worship music is amazing, so that's a bonus. So why don't you just give church a chance this Christmas? Okay. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll give the jar a shot this Christmas season. Woohoo! So, are you gonna leave now, or what? Oh. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I'm a ghost. I don't really read social cues anymore, so my bad. Wow. Well, good morning, everyone. I can't top that, uh, whether you're here live or you're on the stream. Uh, but we're glad you're here. We like to have fun. And over the next uh, three weeks, we're going to be starting a new series called The Ghost of Christmas Past. And the thing that I've realized is that during the holidays, especially during Christmas, uh, things tend to get very magnified in our life. And uh, especially when it comes to our family. And the good things get magnified, but also uh, the things in our life that are difficult uh, and have created some pain for us 
gets magnified as well. And so over the next three weeks, we're going to talk about uh, three areas that often take place in our past, but have a tendency to kind of rear their head uh, during the Christmas season, especially when we're around family. And today, what I want to talk about is overcoming our offenses. I mean, the reality is, is that I guarantee every single one of you have probably been offended by someone in your family. They've, they've said something stupid. Uh, they've done something stupid. They've offended you in some way. And the question is, will you take that offense into the future or will you overcome it this Christmas? Uh, now, I don't know about you, but I'm the kind of person who um, gets offended sometimes a little bit easily. And uh, sometimes they can be small little things or sometimes they can be big, but we all get offended almost every single day. My uh, daughter, Jordan, and I, uh, uh, who uh, is my oldest daughter, was going to uh, her favorite fast food place, Arby's, a couple of weeks ago. Have you ever noticed that the roast beef at Arby's doesn't taste like the roast beef you buy at the store? Like, I don't know what they do to it. I don't know if they put a drug into it or what. But, like, it melts in your mouth. You know what I mean? Like, it's just this amazing thing. And so, we're heading to Arby's, and we get on State Road 332, or McGalliard, and um, it's bumper-to-bumper traffic. And so, as I'm driving, uh, we're getting close, and there's someone that's trying to get in. And I turned to Jordan, and I said, hey, Jordan, I'm going to let this person in. And so, I kind of waved them in. And so they pulled in, but they never gave the thank you wave. And I just want to tell you, I was a little offended. I was a little offended by this. And the person got up in front of me and they just keep going. And I started getting more frustrated. I'm thinking to myself, hey, buddy, I didn't have to let you in, but I am a pastor. I am a man of the cloth. I am a righteous person. And so I let you in and you couldn't even give me a thank you wave. Not even the nod, you know, of like, hey, uh, glad you let me in. Am I the only one or does anyone else ever get offended by people who don't give you the thank you wave? Okay. Well, uh, glad you're here. For those of you on the stream, we got some messed up people up here in the auditorium today. Um, but the reality is, uh, that might not be your thing. You're like, ah, that doesn't bother me at all. But does this ever bother you? You're talking to somebody, they pull out their device, and you're talking to them, and they're like this the entire time, taking care of things, da-da-da. And you ask a question, they're like, yeah, uh-huh, right. Like, seriously? Put the phone down, look at me, talk to me. Maybe what you get offended by are people who text you, or you text them, uh, otherwise, you text them and they don't respond very quickly. Like it takes weeks, months before you ever hear from them. Are you like, seriously? And maybe for others of you, you get very frustrated because whenever you put something on social media, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or TikTok, you know, dance, they don't like it. And then all of a sudden you get offended by that. It is easy to become very offended. And the reality is, is that technology can create a lot of offense in each of our lives. 
So what are those smaller things that have a tendency to offend you? That have a tendency to kind of tick you off. Now, again, maybe for some of you it's small things, but the reality is for others of you, maybe there are some bigger things. Bigger things that have a tendency to create a lot of pain and hurt in each of your lives. And I don't know why it is, but sometimes uh, those particular things can be very painful to each one of us, especially when we're at Christmas. Uh, now, sometimes they're small things. Like you go to the Christmas dinner and you bring food and immediately someone's like, I don't like that. Don't like that food. You're like, seriously? That's all the way you're going to start Christmas doing this. You don't like what I got you. Uh, Food-wise, then you, then you give them the present. And then they're like, oh, it's not going to fit. I can tell you right now, it's not going to fit. Seriously? Like, that's what you're going to get upset about. And then that becomes the thing. Um, maybe for others of you, someone starts talking about the way that you raise your kids. Or they start talking about politics. Or they do all these things. And all of a sudden, you see that you start getting very angry and upset and even though the, the season is about celebrating the coming of Christ, for each one of you, it has this tendency of starting to come after the people that you love the most. And these are the times that can be very offensive. Now, most of these things, I said, are just little things. But I know for others of you, you have significant hurts and wounds. Somebody in your family betrayed you. Somebody in your family lied to you. Somebody in your family abused you in some way. And you live in this dysfunctional family and you've been doing it for years and years and years and years. And when it comes to the level of hurt and pain that's in your life, it's like over the top. And I want you to hear this for those of you that have had big offenses. When you've been hurt in a big way, it does not mean you should keep trusting that person. It would be stupid for you to keep trusting someone who has betrayed you over and over and over again. I'm not asking you today to be able to trust the person at the same level. They broke that a long time ago. But what I am calling us to do today and what God's word will show to us is the importance of overcoming an offense. You know, uh, God has kind of done a, a great work in this area of my life over the past few years as I've tried to really try to say I want to live the way that Jesus would now. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect. It doesn't mean that I do this well all the time, but I've shown some progress. And what I want to talk about today is for you to be able to overcome offenses, not in a perfectionistic way, but in a progressive way. We're not asking for per perfection, but for progress within the midst of this. So how do we overcome offenses? How do we progress in doing that? Now, as we jump in this morning, I want to give you a big idea that is your first fill-in, either in your program or uh, for those of you that are on the stream, it's on the app. Or if you have your app, here it is. Here's the first one. And here's the big idea. Life is too short to live offended. Life is way too short for you to live offended. 
Folks, you know, if we're lucky, we'll live to be 70, 80, maybe 90 years old. That's very, very short when you think of the history of the world. So why would you want to go through your entire life holding on to grudges and carrying offenses around? I recently heard a really cool phrase uh, that I hope you might write down. It'll come on the screen. But small people carry big offenses. Small people carry big offenses. And I don't know about you, I don't want to be a small person. I don't want to be a small little person. I want to be able to be above that kind of stuff. I want to be the kind of person who can let things go and let things go and let things go and not allow it to consume me. Why? Because life is too short to live offended. Now, I think God must have known that you and I would struggle with this whole area of getting over offenses. So throughout Scripture, both in the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, and in the New Testament, the second half, He talks about verse after verse about overcoming offenses. And this morning, we're going to begin by looking at a passage in Proverbs chapter 19 in verse 11. And this is what it reads. A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to do what? Let's all say it out loud together, the bolded part. To do what? Overlook an offense. Okay? For those of you that are on the stream right now, type in overlook an offense. For those of you who are here, look at the person beside you. Wake them up if you have to and tell them, overlook an offense. Go ahead, tell them. Now, what does it look like, though, to overlook an offense? Well, we need to realize and recognize that when we overlook an offense, it does not mean that we're pretending that this didn't happen. No, they offended you. They hurt you in a real way. It does not mean that you need to go trust them at the same level that you did before. But rather, it does mean that you need to let it go. Let it go. In other words, it's kind of a form of forgiveness. It's almost like an immediate decision that you say, I'm going to forgive. It's a choice to let this person off the hook. I'm going to let it go. It's a real-time decision that I'm going to rise above this issue. Uh, now, this word overlook is pretty interesting because it's an English word overlook. But if you take that same word uh, in the Hebrew, that is the language of the Old Testament, the first half of the Bible, it's actually two words. And the two words that overlook means is that you pass over. The Hebrew word means you pass over. So the offense comes and you actually pass over the offense. The offense happens, you overlook it, you pass over it. You get above it in your heart. You rise above it spiritually in your life. You look over the offense. You are so closely connected to God and you are present with Him that when you look at the offense, you're like, I'm not going to lower myself to what that person did. I'm actually going to 
pass over it, I'm going to overlook it. Why? Because life is too short to live offended. Now, for the rest of our time, what I simply want to do is give you two thoughts uh, around this whole idea of overcoming offenses. And we're going to look first at the smaller ones, and then we're going to uh, touch a little bit with the bigger offenses. Now, here's the first thought, and this is the next thing you can put in your uh, notes. With God's help, I'm getting over being easily offended. I can't do it on my own, but with God's help, I'm getting over being easily offended. In Ephesians uh, chapter 4 Uh, which is a letter that a guy by the name of Paul wrote to a church uh, in Ephesus in present-day Turkey. Uh, He writes to this group of followers, and Paul is writing these words, asking them as a church, as people who are trying to get closer to God, to act like this. He says this, Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, does anybody know anyone in the world who is uh, living today who is perfect? Raise your hand. Know anybody good? Because there is no one that's perfect. There's not a single person. There is no perfect person, so we have to give allowances because people are going to fail us. We make allowances for their faults. Why? Because of love. You know, it's very interesting to me that when a person offends us, what we typically do is we judge them by their actions. We judge them by their actions. When we think of ourselves, though, and we do something wrong, we don't want to be judged by our actions. We want to be judged by our intentions. It's not my actions. It's my intentions. For example, if I mess up, if I do something wrong, I want you to give me the benefit of the doubt because you know my intentions. My intentions weren't to hurt you. My intentions weren't to do something wrong. So for myself, when I think of judging myself, I give myself a lot of grace because I'm thinking about my intentions. But when it's someone else, what I'm judging them for is their actions. About a month ago, a person on our staff was responsible for reserving a room. That's all they had to do. Reserve a room here at the Civic Uh, for a meeting that we were going to have for our racial reconciliation team. Over the past year, we've been having a group of people, including myself, uh, with folks in our church who come from different racial backgrounds, kind of learning each other's story. It's been really powerful. And the only thing that the person on the staff had to do was to reserve the community room, our storefront room, here at the Civic. And so... The day before, our meeting was on a Thursday, it's on a Wednesday, it's usually my teaching time. The day before, I checked the calendar, and they had not reserved the room. We're getting ready to have all these people come, and it's kind of a sensitive topic anyways, and now we don't even have a room for them. Now, to tell you that this was ticking me off just a little bit, I would say yes. 
It offended me. I was offended. I mean, how could this staff person not do this? They knew it two months ago. Why in the world did they not do this? And I'm offended by that. And I start getting kind of ticked and I kind of get upset. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I'm teaching on overcoming offenses. And the scripture that I just read was one that I just looked at. Make allowances for the faults of others because of love. And all of a sudden I was like, ah. And then I started thinking about this person. And I was like, man, this person sacrifices so much of their time, their energy, their effort for Christ and the church and for me. And, man, if I had to go through a laundry list of the things that I have chosen not to reserve before, that I messed up or I hurt people or I totally spaced appointments before, mine is so much greater than what this person's is ever, like ever. And so I need to learn how to make an allowance for their fault. And then it hit me. You know, Chris, you want the benefit of the doubt all the time. When you mess up to yourself, why don't you give the benefit of the doubt to your staff person? Folks, we need to recognize that people are going to drop the ball all the time. People are going to have a bad day. People are going to be uncaring sometimes, unkind, unfriendly, short. They're going to have a bad response. And when they do, this is what I want you to know. It's not about you. You see, we personalize things so much that it must always be directed towards us. Many times it's not about you. When they've had a bad day, when they put you down, when they've messed up your schedule, when they have some snarky remark at work and you're like, I just want to choke them. The fact is, it's not about you. When you open the door for somebody and they walk in and they don't thank you, you're like, maybe it's not about you. You know, I read a book a couple of years ago and I've been trying to live out some of the words from that. And it is, when someone offends you, when someone hurts you, when someone wounds you in some way, especially when it's something really small, rather than immediately getting offended, why don't you start asking questions? I wonder what their day's been like. I wonder what kind of family system they came from. I wonder what happened in their house before they ever came to work today. And all of a sudden, when you put yourself in them... In their shoes, you you think of it differently. And then I start thinking to myself, well, how could I reach out to them? How could I pray for them? How could I be more like Christ in the midst of what they just did to me? I mean, instead of immediately taking offense, why don't we just have the attitude of Christ? You know, folks, again, life is way too short to always go around Being offended. So with God's help, I'm going to really work hard at getting over being easily offended. Now, here's the second thought. It's a lot more difficult, but here it is. With God's help, I'm getting over the big offenses. With God's help, I'm getting over the big offenses. Now, I want to be gentle here because I realize that for some of you, you've had some 
huge offenses in your life, especially in your family system. In fact, for some of you, you're like dreading anything with Christmas because the person who betrayed you, lied to you, offended you is going to be at the Christmas table. And I know that for a lot of you, Christmas time is hard because you're going to have to deal with some of those big offenses. Christmas stirs all of that up. The betrayals, the hurts, the abuse. And many times it can be very, very raw and it's hard for us to be able to even be in those settings. So when we're hurt in a big way, you still have a choice. And the choice is we essentially can do one of two things. First of all, we can rehearse that hurt over and over and over again. And that's typically what we do. We get offended, we get hurt by someone, and we rehearse it over and over and over again. And we're like, man, that was so horrible what they did, and they did this, and they did that. And all of a sudden it stirs up, and pretty soon we find ourselves getting bitter and resentful, and anger comes out, and there's all of this happening. Why? Because we are rehearsing it over and over again in our mind. So, you can either choose to rehearse it, or secondly, and I would encourage you, you can choose to release it. You see, every time you get offended, you have a choice. You can rehearse it over and over again, or you can choose to release it. You know, the greatest pain that I have uh, as a pastor is when people either leave the church or they stop coming. And when that happened, it's, it's very painful to me because you guys are like family to me. I mean, I love you guys. I, I spend more time with you than I do my extended family. And many times when someone leaves or uh, they just stop coming, I often think to myself, well, what did I do? Uh, how could I lead better? What could happen in the church better? And when this happens, then sometimes what happens is through the grapevine, someone will come up to me and they'll say, hey, they're talking bad about you. And when I hear that, then all of a sudden I get angry. And I get angry with that person, and then I get angry with God, and then I get angry with myself for being angry at that person and angry with God. You ever been there before? Yeah. And it just kind of consumes me. Now, several years ago, there was a leader in the church who uh, I loved, cared for, had a great relationship with, and they actually left. And when they left, they weren't just around talking about me. That would have been one thing. But then they started talking about the church and how bad the church was and it wasn't a good church. And all of a sudden, it just kind of like crushed my spirit because I never want to talk about any other church in a bad way because the reality is we're all on the same team, folks. We're all on the same team. And so I want to encourage what other churches are going through. But this person wasn't. They were kind of ripping on me, ripping on the church. And I just started to get angry. And I started rehearsing it over in my mind. And it took several months because the more that I thought about, the more frustrated and angry I would get and Then I started having some bitterness towards this person. I'm just trying to be honest and real. And I don't know if you've ever had this experience before 
When someone has offended you in a way and then you hear that person's name or you see them on social media, it just stirs that up even more so and you get more offended. And I was just really having a struggle with this person and trying to let it go. And then I'll never forget one morning I was praying and I said, God, I'm tired of putting so much effort and energy on this person. They've already left. They're not a leader here anymore. Why is this going on? And then all of a sudden, I just felt this prompting in my spirit. It wasn't an audible voice, but in my spirit. Chris, you're trying to control a person and you can't do that. And they're my kid, not yours. I love them more than you do. Release them to me. And all of a sudden, I just felt like the power of the Spirit in my life. And I I got on my knees, and I'll never forget, I was in my prayer place. And I put my hands like this, and I just spoke the person's name into my hands. And I said, God, I release that person to you. And I got back up, and I said, I will not rehearse what the hurt they did to me was again. And I let it go. I just let it go. The offense took place, but I finally got to the point where I could overlook it. I could pass over it. Not in my own strength, because I couldn't do that for months, but through the strength of God. And the freedom that I experienced in that moment when I did that was overwhelming. You see, folks, the process of releasing and forgiving a person may take time. It may take just a day for others, multiple days, weeks, months, years. But you don't stop trying to know how to release people when they've offended you. And as we continue to seek God and as we pray to Him and as we press into Him and do the right thing, all of a sudden He starts to change our hearts. In fact, Colossians 3.13 tells us this. It says, make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Some of you, I have a feeling, are already thinking of someone or there's a picture of who that person is. Someone who has offended you badly. But the scripture goes on. What do we do with that? Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. The Lord forgave me, so I and to forgive others. But how do you forgive someone who has done something that's unforgivable? Now, for many of us, when someone does something to us, we're like, okay, I can forgive them. I can overlook the offense. But you know what I find is more difficult is when someone hurts or causes pain to someone we love. For example, I know because I've heard from some of you. You mess with my kid. It's on like Donkey Kong. Don't mess with my kid. Or it might be your husband. Or it might be your wife. I'm going to go after that. So even if they offend someone else that I love, how am I to respond? How am I to forgive? How do we forgive? We forgive as we have been forgiven. Now, I don't know about anybody here in the auditorium. I don't know about anybody on the stream. All of you balcony people, I don't know about you either. But I can tell you about the guy who's standing right here. If you looked at the accumulation of my life 
And the times that I have hurt people, offended people, put people down, said horrible things, um, in some way created pain for another person. If I were dead honest, I have hurt a lot of people in my life. And I have blatantly, at times, sinned against God in multiple ways. And as the guy who's standing here, you know what I realize? I have been forgiven a lot. Like I've been forgiven for all of those things. So I have been forgiven a lot. So how do I forgive somebody who seems unforgivable? I'm called to forgive them the same way that I've been forgiven. I have been freely forgiven for many things. And I'm challenged to freely forgive Others. So, this is how we're going to close. Both of those of you on the stream and here in the auditorium. When you walked in today, in your program, you received a little card like this. And uh, if you're on the app, you can do that. Uh, just look, the card's at the bottom. Now, we kind of juiced it up a little bit Christmas-wise, but I'm telling you, this is not a present. This is a challenge. So go ahead, pull this out. If it's in your program, pull it out. If not, get it on the app and uh, you've got a pen. And this is what it says. At the top it says, overcoming offenses. And then it says this. What one person has offended me that God is asking me to forgive? What's the one person that God may be asking you to forgive? And then it's very small, folks, but it's there at the very bottom. It says, I commit to forgiving the person by, what's the word? Christmas. So we're not just going to say, oh, we forgive. We're actually going to put something down of who that is. This morning I did this exercise myself and I have a person's name down for myself. Before Christmas, I'm going to forget. So this is what I want you to do right now. I'm going to give you a, a minute or so to be able to. Ask God, who is the person who has offended me that I need to forgive? And if there's a name given to you, if there's a face given to you, write down who that is. And make a commitment. You want your faith to make a difference? You want Christmas to truly be you being able to recognize Christ in your life? This is it. So right now, I'm going to give you some time. To just think about who is that and who could it be? Maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's one of your kids. Maybe it's a sibling. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's somebody who used to be a friend, but they offended you, but you've never really forgiven them. And so I'm going to give you a moment right now. We'll bring the lights down so you can't look at the person's paper beside you. And uh, you can just go ahead and write down whoever that is. And let me give you some time to do that right now.
close your eyes. Ask God, God, who is it that you're asking me to forgive? You know, folks, life is way too short to live offended. Have you recognized that? It's like way too short to live offended. God wants you to live in freedom. And the way that you find freedom is by not holding offenses towards other people that you actually choose to pass over, that you overlook the offense. It doesn't mean that you have to trust them in the same way. That would not be smart. But you overlook the offense. You move beyond what that is. And I w- encourage you that whoever this person is, that you choose to forgive them because the freedom that flows after that is incredible. You know, the reality is. If you don't do this, you'll just take that offense into your future. But if you forgive, you take forgiveness into your future. You can't change the past of what they did to you. But through God's help, He can help you change what can happen in the future for your life. And so, overlook an offense. Give allowance to another. Forgive as Christ has forgiven you. Why? Why should we do this? Because life is too short to live offended. Let's stand for closing prayer. And uh, prayer team, if you want to come up here to the front of the stage or uh, up in the balcony, that'd be great. And uh, let's pray. God, I pray right now through the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that you would come and help us to forgive those who have offended us. Now, for some of us, that offense is pretty small. And if you're standing there right now, for those of you that are on the stream, if you're watching this, you're like, yeah, it's a small offense. Man, Chris, I'm the same way. I get offended pretty easily. Uh, when people do small things. If that's you, if it's a small offense, uh, would you just raise your hand? Just raise your hand and say, yep, that's me. It's kind of a small offense in my life, uh, but I have a tendency to do that. And then uh, for others of you, though, maybe there's something big that someone has offended you in a big way. Maybe it dealt with Someone in your family or it was a business deal that went bad or someone in your work ripped on you in some way and made you look horrible. But it's a big offense. Like you're upset about this. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You've been abused in some way. But today you're like, you know what? I realize I don't want to take this into the future. I want it to be made right. And if you have a big offense in your life right now, and you need God's help, you need His power in your life, would you just raise your hand and let me pray for both of you. Little offenses, big offenses. Let's pray. Father, by the power of Your Spirit,
Give strength to each person with a hand that's held. For those that are on the stream, you can just type in right now, I'm overcoming this offense. And I just pray right now, God, that today you would start a healing process for each person with a raised hand. And if you would, by faith, just kind of repeat this prayer after me. God, thank you for all the times that you have forgiven me, even when I didn't deserve it. God, help me now to forgive the person on the card by Christmas. Give me the power to do so. In Jesus' name.